I'm Ruby Ryder. Welcome to Pegging Paradise Podcast number 299. Changing the world one ass at a time. My mission here at Pegging Paradise Podcast is first and foremost to spread the word about pegging. I offer you accurate information to dispel the common myths and misconceptions. Basically, I spread the knowledge so that you can get onto the thrill of spreading your cheeks or your partners. Another part of my mission is encouraging you to explore your out-of-the-box sexual interests without shame or embarrassment. Shame is the silent saboteur of sexual satisfaction. Don't let it stop you from delving into the world of pegging and any other consensual safe kink that calls to you. The journey can be exhilarating, breathtaking, and life-changing. If you would like to support this mission, become a patron of my work. All patrons have access to the podcast a day early as well as a 24-7 chat channel full of pegging aficionados from all over the world. Rewards for the various levels of monthly support include written and audio erotica to titillate and instigate. Go to theartofpegging.com and right at the top, become a patron. Click on that button. I am no longer on Patreon. Yay! (laughs) You can also make a yearly one-time donation and receive the same benefits as a monthly patron. Just click the Become a Patron button. Another way to support my work is by shopping at Entice Me, the little black dress of pleasure products. Head over to Entice Me and peruse a meticulously curated selection of luxury, body-safe, non-toxic toys specifically chosen for your thrills and satisfaction. For free shipping of your entire purchase, use the coupon code RIDER. That's R-Y-D-E-R. Need help figuring out which pegging equipment is the best choice for you? I offer free equipment phone consultations for customers of Entice Me, and you will be supporting my mission of spreading cheeks around the world. Okay, everybody, let's dive in. Here's my first email. Thank you for your blogs, which are great. My wife is happy to peg me, but not with a strap-on she used to in the past, and I find it wonderful, and she enjoys it too, and the pleasure it gives me. Always the foreplay is cuntilingus, and I help her orgasm two or three times. She goes crazy with pleasure. Then she helps me, usually orally and pegging. I like to think I am her girlfriend while asking to be fucked, and I often wear a silk lady slip, which she accepts. I just love ladies' clothes, both on her and also on me. She is not keen with either, but I would like to help her put on stockings, sexy, bra, etc., and ideally for both of us. Even with me in the past with makeup, wig, and she even used to buy me ladies' clothes. We used to do this to me in the past, but not now. Do I need help? How can I gently introduce her to this again? I have been entered a couple of times by a man and enjoyed it. I should also say I like playing with cocks, both the real thing, only a few times, but often in my dreams, and with the dildo held in force by my wife. Have I asked you too much? (laughs) I thought it best to give you all the facts. Any help or advice I would respect. And this is from Paul. Paul, thank you for this email. So, let's see. In the beginning, it sounds as if you're saying that your your wife is happy to peg you, but not with the strap-on she used to in the past. So, it sounds as if she used to peg you, and she used to, if not enjoy, at least... Um, what's the word for it? She used to at least um, satisfy your desire for the ladies' things, both you wearing it and her wearing it, but now she's just not up for it anymore. That's a very complicated question because I don't know your situation. It could have something to do with age. If she's older, it's possible it could be a hormonal change and she's not all that interested in sex anymore. It could be that you are, and I do not cast any aspersions here, I'm just telling you what all the possibilities are. could be that you're not being the best partner you can be if you are not helping her with her tasks and trying to make her as happy as you possibly can. And I don't just mean in bed, I mean in life, then she may not be motivated to give you the things that you want that she's sort of mediocre about, because it sounds like she's kind of mediocre about the women's clothing. So the first thing to do is to sit down and ask her why these things used to be something that she would cater to uh, at least sometimes and play with you in that manner, and now it's changed. And the communication here needs to be curious, not accusing, not blaming, not angry, 
and ideally not even frustrated, more just curious. Because if you're curious and you don't bring all those other things, then you create a safer space for your partner to tell you what they really think. If you've got somebody who's angry and blaming you and asking you about something, it's hard to be really honest, especially if you think that their answer, your answer, excuse me, is not going to please them. So that's a possibility. It's a possibility at the equipment that you have that is um, for the pegging, that it's not comfortable for her or that she doesn't like the looks of it. It's possible that she might be getting older and feels unable to do the pegging thing, which can require a whole lot of energy. See what I mean? There's so many choices and it is a little separate from the dressing up in women's clothing thing. I don't know what the problem is there because clearly I can't read her mind, but if she used to be okay with it before, but now she's not, I think it's more connected to something that's changed in her life. It's possible she's stressed out by her job. It's possible she's stressed out by her family. It's possible she's stressed out by your children. There's so many different possibilities. So the best thing to do is to sit with her and try to make it as safe as you can to hear her answer about why this is something she doesn't want to do anymore. I don't have the magic wand, unfortunately. But uh, since you've already done this, I think there's a better possibility of you being able to do it again as long as you can resolve whatever it is that is making it difficult for her or changing her mind about it. Even if it's something that's hormonal and she's willing to uh, get treatment or maybe schedule it once a month to satisfy you or something along those lines. Uh, and please don't go to her and said, Ruby said that you should do it once a month. Don't do that. <laughs> You need to work with your partner. It needs to be an agreement and it needs to be consensual. So there you go. As far as um, playing with a man, that's a whole different ball of wax just in terms of your relationship. If you have relationship agreements not to do that, then that's probably something you really shouldn't do unless you have an agreement with her to seek some of your kinky stuff outside of your relationship that needs to be talked about first. So that is the best advice I have for you, Paul. I would do wish I had the magic wand, but thanks for writing in and I wish you the best of luck with your situation. Please write in again and let us know how it goes. Here's my next email. I have seen some videos where the giver pulls the receiver's penis and testicles back between the receiver's legs and has the receiver hold them there with legs together. Can you shed some light on why they might do this? Does it enhance the feeling? Uh, can it... Uh, let's see, cannot find, have not been able to find any information on this on your site or others. Well, this brings a photo to mind that I'm going to link to <laughs> in the links because I wrote an erotic story about this and I described a photographer who took a picture of a man sitting on a chair backwards exactly like this, an erection and the, and the, and the testicles, the balls, uh, pushed back behind the chair. And although he's straddling the chair because the edge of the chair is holding it back, I do not have a cock. <laughs> so I am unable to tell you how it feels. However, I have been told that when you pull the cock back like that, it does increase the sensation. I think, and correct me if I am wrong about this, all you cock owners who are listening, if uh, some of you can do this and some of you it's quite uncomfortable to do, but even if you watch a uh, person with a cock masturbating, one of the things that they do sometimes is push it down towards their feet, basically. And I think it does increase the sensation and the excitement. I'm not sure exactly how the feeling is different or what it feels like, but yes, this is the whole thing. And this uh, was sent in by Jason. Jason, thanks for the question. That's the best answer I have for you. Uh, I would love it if some of you cock owners would write in and tell me what this is like and what it feels like, because that's how I collect my information, not having the equipment that you're asking about. Thanks for the letter, Jason. Here's my next email. Ruby, first I want to say thanks for all the info that you give here. Being able to find a place that isn't porn related and more actual information has been great. 
So a little backstory. My wife and I used to have a great sex life. We've been together almost 25 years. We are both now in our 40s. However, now our sex is far less due to the fact she has painful intercourse issues. I did a lot of research into things we can do to have a sex life without always having intercourse and found articles about pegging being an alternative. I've never been shy about using toys in our sex life, actually introduced the wife to several good toys she never thought of using. So I brought this subject up to her a year ago or so, and she wasn't gung-ho about it, but it wasn't a full no. Needless to say, we did research, bought a strap-on, and shortly after had our first session, which didn't really go very well. I think she felt like she wasn't doing something right. She has a lot of self-confidence issues. So we put it on the back burner, and a few months later we tried again, and it went much better. Since then, we've only done it a couple more times. She told me she isn't all that into it, but I think it's more of a mental thing, because she's the one in power as I should be the one in plowing her and not the other way around. She's a great wife, and I love her very much. She told me, even though she isn't all that into it, she would still do it for me, or in this case, to me, laugh out loud. To that end, I read the recommendation you said for the new strap-on-me multi-orgasm bendable strap-on with a clit sucker was pretty great. My question is... Would that strap-on make it more enjoyable for her? Just thinking that if she is getting arousal and orgasms while she's pegging me, she might find pegging more enjoyable. Also, my wife is a BBW, so would that new strap-on even work? As I read your article that BBWs need longer dildos in order to get past their bellies in order to penetrate. Many thanks again, Al. Okay, so Al, let's see here. I think, first of all, if there's self-confidence issues, if this not has already been done, and I, I would have thought that you would have mentioned something if you have done this, why don't you guys take my beginner's class? Because I tell you, education empowers, it inspires, it informs, and it helps prevent injuries. When you're doing something brand new and the learning curve is so steep, and I'm talking about givers here, It is not unnatural to feel awkward about it, uncertain, and this can play pretty heavily into self-confidence issues, especially when your partner really wants it and has told you it's important and things like that. So uh, I would really suggest that you take my beginner's webinar because it gives you so much background information and it helps you know what to expect, uh, avoid common pitfalls, things like that. So that's the first suggestion that I have. And yes, it's possible that she may really enjoy that double-ended toy, but it is going to be a little bit more difficult because she is a BBW. Uh, There are no really long, that I know of, double-ended toys like that. This particular one might give her a ton of pleasure, but also might not penetrate you that deeply. And the other thing it might do is... If she's using it and doing the thrusting, depending on which position you are getting pegged in, uh, it might tend to fall out. That is the most common complaint for big, beautiful people is that if you pull back on to do the thrust, because you cannot penetrate as deeply, because you've got that lovely large belly there, and the fupa usually is, is an issue as well, it stops you from penetrating as deeply, so the toy isn't going to go in as far, so that when you pull back to thrust, you don't have as much, as many inches to work with, so to speak, and it falls out too often. It can be very, very frustrating. Now, there are positions that can help you with this. If you think that this is a toy that she might really enjoy, it's possible that you could work around this by doing the pegging in certain positions. If she has tried toys that have targeted clitoral stimulation, also called clit suckers, although that's a misnomer because not all of them suck. In fact, very few of them do. Uh, there's Air Pulse, there's Sonic, there's a bunch of different ones. This particular double, the strap on me multi-orgasm, is vibrations, but it is the raised silicone area that facilitates the targeting of the clit really, really well. So think of it this way. Maybe it would be best if you did a different position. Like, what am I thinking here? One that's really easy for her. Like, what if you have a, um, a chair 
at home that she can sit on and then you can ride it. You can be on her lap riding it. That is called uh, the chairman. That's what I call it anyway. It's going to need to be a really sturdy chair because both of you are going to be on it. No arms, high back. She puts the strap on on. She gets all adjusted and everything. And then you mount her. That strap-on me multi-orgasm has a bendable wire that connects the bulb that goes in her and the shaft that goes in you. So you can put that at any angle you want, which will help you to adjust that so that it goes against the parts of her that she wants it to go against, right? But when you get a toy like that, the very first thing to do is to have her masturbate with it so that she gets used to the toy and knows how it works, knows how to place it, and that sort of thing. That's the very first thing to do, and that's one of the things they talk about in the directions when in the, the little user guide that they send with it. That's what I did, and I had never used a clitoral, targeted clitoral stimulation toy before, but that's all in my review, which I'll put a link for in the show notes for everybody listening here. But you can try out a bunch of different positions so that she has the against her in the right way, but that it's not too difficult for her, it's not too tiring, and that you're doing a fair amount of the work. This might work really well, and I think, who knows, I'm just giving you suggestions here. If you say, hey, I got this new toy to do pegging with, but the first thing it says to do is for you to masturbate with it. She might get kind of hooked on that if it's a toy that really uh, rings her bell, frosts her cake, whatever. Uh, that might be a cool way to sort of introduce her to it. There is also the one that is just vibrations as opposed to the targeted clitoral vibrations. So I think I would judge that by what toy she already has because there's a fair amount of vagina owners out there who have tried those targeted clitoral stimulators and absolutely love them. They seem to be very, very popular. And when I tried it out, I know why. <laughs> it's pretty intense. It's amazing. If you get that thing in the right place, man, it's almost unavoidable to have an orgasm. It's pretty amazing. So one of the other things that can really help hold that toy against her is the right harness. Uh, the harness that I recommend is the one in the review, and you read the review so you know which one I recommend, but part of the reason I do is because it is a snug-fitting panty harness, so it will hold the toy uh, firmly against her, and that part will work lovely, but there's also an added benefit to that particular harness, which is the spare part Sasha, is that it's really, really good for big, beautiful givers who have that lovely belly and fupa. It tends to contain all that loveliness and hold it in, thereby reducing the amount of interference in terms of penetrating as deeply as possible. So that might compensate for the toy not being as long. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a maybe. I, th I think I'd give it probably a chance of about six or seven out of ten. It depends. And one thing to always keep in mind about these strap-on-me doubles is that they're very, very firm toys. So you need to be prepared to take a firm toy and be okay with it. There is an option to soften it up a little bit, it, and it's one more piece of equipment. But there are these silicone sheaths that slide over it, which can provide a softer silicone layer. So then what you would do is you would get the strap on me in a diameter that's smaller than what you would like, and then you put the silicone sheath on, no lube or anything, and it'll stick on it just fine. And then you've got a toy that's softer and isn't quite as intense, because that's the only complaint from the receiver point of view is that some people, some receivers, find these toys just to be too firm. And that silicone sheath has done a lot for people who still really want the toy because it's an excellent toy for a giver, but it's a little too firm for them. That fixes the problem beautifully. Let me see if you have any other questions here. Okay, the last suggestion I'm going to have for you, which looks like, duh, I don't know why I didn't think about this in the beginning, is even though she's not that gung-ho about it, okay, I think that involving her in equipment selection might be a really good idea. It might be a very good idea because that can also be really empowering as well. And she knows her body really well. She knows what makes her come. So the trick in having giver satisfaction is matching up the type of stimulation that the giver likes the best with the equipment that could hopefully provide that. So if she's up for it, 
attend my equipment webinar and that way it can be a joint decision. It's always better if it's a joint decision because you never know the sensitivities, the aesthetics maybe they prefer and what might thrill her to see. And that's what you want is something that makes her eager to do it. Absolutely. And kudos to you for really wanting to increase her pleasure. Absolutely. Okay, and here's one last thing, because I noticed that you mentioned how she isn't all that into it because it's a mental thing. She's the one in, because she's having difficulty being the one in power. So this can be uh, more serious or less serious. It depends. If she's really used to being the receiver, the uh, submissive one, and feels like she really likes that role, she enjoys it, she feels like she's foundationally submissive perhaps, then it can be a serious thing to try and do pegging because you are the one in power and all of a sudden you're switching roles and it feels really uncomfortable sometimes and it's not a fun thing sometimes. So please keep that in mind. Because sometimes it's just a matter of, this is unusual, I haven't done it before, it's new, and I'm not really sure. And other times it's, wow, I'm really submissive and I don't like running the show, running the fuck as I like to say. I don't like being the one in power, so I don't want to do this. I didn't understand the seriousness of that until I thought about what if my partner came to me and said, so, hey, I got this new sexy time thing I want to do with you and you just need to be submissive for the night, right? (laughs) Oh, hell no. (laughs) So I have learned from my patrons, my lovely patrons, and also the Discord chat that I have for givers that this can be a more serious situation. It can really put your head in a twist. Sometimes this happens more so with BDSM negotiated dominant submissive dynamics where the giver definitely considers themselves very foundationally submissive. But that's not to say that it can't happen in a non-BDSM relationship and someone who just feels like they really don't want to be in control and they want to be whatever words you want to put in there. They want to be ravished. They want to be taken. They want to be penetrated. And all of a sudden things are kind of switched on their head. It can put their mind in a twist. So aftercare may be necessary. If she's game to do this, then realize that it might feel kind of weird for her afterwards. And so aftercare would be, it'll look like just holding her, taking care of her, talking with her about it if she wants to talk about it, that kind of thing. But for anybody who's listening to this who can really relate, I have a Discord chat for givers only. And you, all you have to do is shoot me an email and put a link to one of your social media profiles that indeed shows you are a giver. Because as you can imagine, if there's all these givers at the Discord chat, there's receivers that want to get in there too. So I do screen the people who want to get in. But I just today uh, offered up the possibility of creating a new channel on this Discord chat and having it be for submissive givers, because I think that will enable people who are the same in terms of that leaning submissive to have some great conversations. They already have in the main chat, but I wanted to uh, section it off a little bit so that they have their chat there as well. And the funny thing is, is I don't think we need one for the dominant givers because Pegging, being a dominant giver, it's kind of like a duck to water sort of thing. It does not really put your mind in a twist. It's a cause for celebration. So yes, there's that too. And even someone who doesn't necessarily lean submissive, but is just having a really hard time with the... um, Uh, the learning curve, the very steep learning curve, might find some uh, great ears and suggestions and discussions that they can learn some things and think about things from in that chat. So I'm going to go ahead and create that channel, just FYI, everybody. (laughs) I think it's a great idea. And that is something that might help her as well, to talk to other givers who do lean submissive. So that is all of, I had a lot of suggestions here, and I really appreciate your letter. Let us know how it goes. Try those things that feel like the right things to do. And I hope it goes well for you. And hey, everybody, guess what? We've got pegging celebration time.
Hi, Ruby. Thank you so much for being the voice of reason as it pertains to pegging. My wife is very willing to do anything that would make me feel good, as I am willing to do that for her. She's aware how much pleasure the prostate provides, and we recently tried pegging for the first time. Actually, we have done it three times now, and the problem is finding a harness that holds the dildo in place. We have both a strap-on and the briefs, and I suspect it's the O-ring type as the dildo, the love honey, and blah, 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 blah. It's a kit. Oh, my God. Okay, we use the same dildo with the briefs as well. Let's see. Strap-on. How do we get the item to be as close to a part of her body as possible without feeling like is unsteady? Any suggestions? Vacuum lock any better. And this is from Ed. Ed, I have bad news for you. Kits suck. <laughs> okay. And in terms of quality retailers, Love Honey is, is medium, you know, and they have a lot of stuff that is not so good. So um, that's one thing. They're, they're not as bad as Adam and Eve and a few other places, but that is the first thing I have to tell you. And I have not put what you said uh, you your equipment is in the search and looked at it. So let me do that and then I will start recording again. Okay, I took a look and you mentioned you have strap-on and the briefs. And I don't know what kind of briefs you have, but I see the kit that you have and that's a cheap kit. You know, it's basically exactly why I tell people not to buy kits because it can be uncomfortable, it holds the toy in the wrong place, it needs to be adjusted, it's not stable. There's all of these problems that can happen with that. So one of the first things I want to suggest is you take my equipment webinar because it'll teach you a lot about the best equipment and why it's the best equipment and why those kits aren't and a lot, a lot of other things. It'll help you choose the right equipment because yes, there are absolutely equipment solutions that will hold that toy very close to her body and ideally a harness that will allow her to wear it so that the base of that toy is actually over her vulva area because that is where she's going to get clitoral stimulation if that's something that she wants. And what I say over and over and over again when I'm teaching that equipment webinar is what you're aiming for is a combination of harness and dildo that is like a cohesive unit. It works well it's stable, it fits well, it doesn't require muss and fuss, and it doesn't require adjusting, so that you then, it's like a part of your body, and then you as the giver are hands-free. Oh boy, just think what you can do with those hands, right? <laughs> so, I just think you need better equipment is what I think. So, uh, the last thing you ask is, is Vaculock better? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I don't like Vaculock for two reasons. One, there are people who are total fans of it, okay? But there's two reasons I don't like it. One is that it limits the number of dildos that you can use because Vaculock is proprietary. And although there are dildos that have holes drilled in the bottom and oven and everything like that, and it does require a very stable base, uh, I also don't like the manufacturer, Doc Johnson. Doc Johnson actually still manufactures toxic toys, swear to God. So I don't have a lot of respect for Doc Johnson at all. They do make some fantastic 100% silicone dildos, but I, it's a company I've chosen not to patronize. Uh, because of their whole situation there with making toxic toys. So I am not a fan of Vaculock at all. I'm a fan of a harness that, well, there's a lot of choices. You can choose a toy that rests against her bits because that will give her more pleasure. You can choose a toy that she uses the harness a little bit higher. There are some people who, rather than having the base of the toy over the vulva, they prefer to wear it a little bit higher. But if that happens, then it's right on the pubic bone. One of the things that can happen then is you end up with a bruised pubic bone. It's uncomfortable. It's no bueno, right? So there's pads that you can get to put behind them and that kind of stuff. When you have an interchangeable O-ring, the trick as well is to have a set of those O-rings so you can finesse the fit of the harness and you can have a very tight fitting O-ring that increases stability in, as well. But I don't know how much it's going to increase it with that um cheap kit basically i'm sorry but yeah it's not a good equipment it's not at all so there you have it ideally you two are well on your way to some wonderful new equipment and you know what you can try you can try that do-it-yourself scarf harness i'm going to put a link for that because that actually is quite comfortable and holds the toy 
really nicely. So it's worth a try because if your partner has two long scarves, cheap polyester scarves, no big deal, then you're, you're good as gold. That's all you need. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes as well. Congratulations to you two being on your third time. So yeah, had to play the music for you because I mean, three pegging times in, you're still deserving of the celebratory music and I congratulate you both. Okay, and let us know how it goes as always. Okay, here is another email. Hi Ruby, your latest posting about when dominant women suck dick. (laughs) Well, that was a while ago, so clearly I'm cleaning out some old emails here is so important for people new to the subject. How right you are when you say that every relationship is customizable, as indeed it should be. If it's not working out like that from the start, then you really should walk away. A while back, I joined a dating website and spent time talking to this woman who loved pegging. First box ticked. She looked commanding and sounded gorgeous, and I thought I had found a good match. She told me she wanted to take away my male energy. (laughs) Sounded good as well, being a submissive who loves being taken by a dom. She also told me that she loved using strap-ons and had several different sized ones. In addition, she said that she had one that whenever I saw it, I would whimper. Sounded good. Furthermore, whenever we went dating, she would take off her panties and make me wear them. What could possibly go wrong from there, I thought. Then she said she loved inflicting pain on her subs. Well, that was the showstopper for me. While I love tie and tease, and the pain that tease and denial often brings, her wanting to inflict pain on me was a step too far. It was so sad because she ticked all the other boxes, apart from living a bit too far away, which might have worked out fine by agreeing to travel. When I told her I was not into having pain inflicted on me, she immediately lost interest. Probably I was saved. <laughs> Hope this might help anyone else who is looking to start a safe DS relationship on the right lines. And this is from Peter. So Peter, I think you did exactly the right thing because you were customizing it for you. And that's so, so important. Uh, when I'm starting a relationship, that is what I say as well, <laughs> because I am a dominant sensual sadist. But the the lesson here is that we need to match up with the people that are appropriate and then have enough of a Venn diagram of kink overlaps that it works. And we all have things that are non-negotiable and things that are negotiable. For me, I need to be able to do pegging. I need to be able to beat them. And uh, what else? What's the last one? Well, there's a lot of other things that are not sexual, but those two are the most important things. So uh, you saved yourself, yes, but other people are going to make different decisions. And I know that you know that. I just wanted to put that in there. I guess maybe I took that a little personally. (laughs) But I'm sad for you that it didn't work out because it did sound like it was really a good choice until that moment. And there are absolutely receivers out there who don't like receiving any kind of pain at all. And that is totally your choice, whether that is something you're willing to explore and or endure or even enjoy or not. So thanks for the letter. I appreciate it. Okay, here we go. Uh, (laughs) This is just, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Seven words, seven words that I just kind of had to read. <laughs> and, and clearly it, it is humorous to me. It gives me uh, a laugh. So I just wanted to read it for you and then I'll go into the next letter. Ain't no dominate females in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Now we're on to the next one. I do want to quickly before the next one point out that I can't tell you how many times I have seen this misspelling. Dominate is a verb. Dominant is a noun. You dominate someone who wants you to consensually. A dominant is someone who dominates you. (laughs) Okay, that's the difference. Okay, so there aren't dominate women. (laughs) Okay, anyway, there you have it. Now, here's my next letter. So this next email starts off really interesting because, you know, catch this right away here. Hi, Miss Ryder. I'm a 40-year-old newbie. 
I'm 42. <laughs> That's the very next thing is typed. I've had experience with toys with a few partners and have dated both sexes, albeit not evenly. I would only ask for a shout out on the next podcast. Oh, also best for the buck, essential toys. So, uh, and this was from Jay. So, hey, Jay, and you're 42. You're not 40. <laughs> and best for the buck essential toys. I do suggest you take my equipment webinar clearly, but the one manufacturer I would say is absolutely best for the buck essential toys would be Blush. Blush is a manufacturer that makes the least expensive 100% silicone dildos, both dual density and mono density, and they're guaranteed to be 100% silicone. They own their own factories. There's two of them now in China, so they're doing really well. And when they say it's 100% silicone, it absolutely is, and they provide the best prices I have seen. So I'm going to put a link to blush toys on SheVibe because I do have an affiliate relationship with SheVibe as well. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. Feel free to click on that and shop away. But the other thing that you can do is to take my equipment webinar because when you take my equipment webinar, what you get afterwards in the post webinar email is a link to every single piece of equipment that I show you. So if that sounds like a good time and you just want to see a showcase of equipment for two hours, then sign up, come on down to the Zoom webinar <laughs> and get all your links, right? Uh, and I advertise that equipment webinar for all budgets and all bodies. So there you go. That is another way to find a whole lot more besides that suggestion of just the blush toys. Here's my next letter. My lady and I have been pegging for years, still trying for that anal orgasm. She gets off by the act itself, but I need penile stimulation to get there. I listened to your podcast where someone mentioned a philo dildo with a harness. Will any harness work? I bought her the Doc Johnson Vaculock system in case she wanted to switch sizes in mid-play, which she has not. I want my mistress to enjoy it more than she does now, if that is possible. We have a 2-inch wide, 10-inch insertable now. Please let me know. Sincerely, Sub John. So, John, a couple of things here. Right off the bat, the vast majority of receivers need penile stimulation to get there. A prostate or anal orgasm is not the same much of the time, most of the time, as a regular cock-centric orgasm. A prostate orgasm is more like waves of euphoria that go through your body, and you can have them over and over again. They have a capacity to be multiple if you continue the stimulation. When people who start exploring receptive anal play and they have a prostate, when they hear about the whole pegging thing and basically pleasure can be had by anal stimulation, then they think when they hear about prostate orgasm, that basically if you get fucked enough that you're going to have an orgasm that is like when you jerk off. And that's vast majority of time, that's not what happens. Every once in a while, you will ejaculate, but rarely. And more often, you will find yourself having what I described is that prostate orgasm. So that's the first thing. And in other words, the vast majority of receivers to have an orgasm, they definitely need penile stimulation. And some of you will be able to get that prostate orgasm and some simply won't. I always say enjoy the journey and don't get fixated on the destination as well. But I'm not sure what you meant when you said you, uh, somebody mentioned a phylo dildo with a harness. I don't know what that means. And the Doc Johnson Vaculock, I've already expressed my opinion about that. There is, there are ways to switch toys mid-play that are not that complicated. Um, so you might want to try a different system. <laughs> but, you know, I'm biased. I do not like that Vaculock system. I think it limits your toys quite a bit. But you are using big toys, sir. Two inches wide, ten inch insertable. So you are a big toy aficionado. And... Let's see, she has not wanted to switch toys in mid-play. I would consult with her and ask her what she wants to do. She is the mistress, John. <laughs> okay. The other thing that I noticed in your letter is you said, I want mistress to enjoy it more than she does now, if that is possible. So, you know, 
When I teach my equipment webinars, this is one of the things that I announce when I get to the section of giver stimulation, okay? Dildos that please the giver. I say, okay, now I'm, I'm first, before I go into this section, I want to talk to all of you receivers. There are some givers out there that they don't mind fucking you or uh, using handheld dildos or their fingers or toys and things or pegging you. And they're totally down with that, but they really don't have any interest in having an orgasm while they're fucking you. Why not, you would say? <laughs> Why wouldn't anybody want to have an orgasm? Maybe they get off better, harder, longer, easier doing other sexy time things then why would you want to work so hard to have an orgasm just because your partner wants you to? Because that's the way that you phrased it, is you really want her to have more pleasure. Well, my question first would be, does she want to? Because the other possibility is sometimes there are givers who really enjoy the act of giving to their partner. And even if they're dominant, this can be the case. I'm that way. I take great pleasure in turning my partner into a trembling pile of speechless flesh. Absolutely. So it's possible that she is that way as well. And in that case, it's almost like it's a job to do, a really bitchin' job, a really fun job that brings me lots of satisfaction and leaves me with wet panties. But no, I'm not going to orgasm from that. So that is a possibility. So you need to check with your mistress and ask her and suggest that maybe you look at toys that provide her with more pleasure if that is something that she is interested in. And once again, take the equipment webinar. You know, there are so many toys out there. There are a lot of different toys. There's one that provide uh, external clitoral stimulation, internal clitoral stimulation, uh, external clitoral something to rub against if she is somebody that gets off by um, grinding against toys. I mean, there's a lot of choices and I don't have the magic wand because I'm not her. So talk to your mistress and take the equipment webinar if that feels like a good idea and let us know how it goes. Thank you for the letter, John. Okay, here is the next one I have, the next email here. The subject is prostate cancer. Hello, Ruby. I'm a 57-year-old straight married male who has undergone prostate surgery this past summer. Prior to the surgery, I was scheduled to have a procedure done to treat my Peronese disease. Needless to say, our sex life hasn't been what it used to be for a few years. Recently, I made the purchase of a strap-on that I could use on my wife. I had absolutely no hang-ups about exploring this option, and I've looked forward to a return to enjoying some sexual intimacy with my wife. We have recently used it for the first time. I have to admit that the whole encounter seemed a little awkward as we were reintroduced to what had been missing from our life for far too long. Anyway, I was unable to penetrate my wife after a few different attempts and positions. Neither of us became frustrated, but decided to call it a night and attempt it at another time. What we did share was most enjoyable. So now we get to the heart of contacting you. I'm wondering if you have a podcast or workshop for men like me who need to wear a strap-on to penetrate their wife. As a beginner, I seek advice on the best way to find the right position. I slash we know not to become frustrated and to enjoy and have fun until we find what works for us. You come highly recommended and I slash we are hoping you can educate us on this new adventure. Thank you for your time. Okay, so clearly I do not have a penis. <laughs> so take that into account, please. And if anybody wants to write in and tell uh, their hints and experience and opinions on this subject, they're absolutely welcome to. Uh, the best harness that I know of is the spare parts deuce. What's going to happen when you have that harness on is that it will be like you have another penis to use, which you clearly can't feel because it's a toy, but it'll be above yours. There's no way to put it below yours because your balls are there, right? There's no room to do that. So it's going to be above. So the angle's going to be a little different. And sometimes that's the challenge. I have heard that from a few receivers of when they tried that, that that's the challenge that they ran into. That, in my opinion, and again, I don't have the equipment, so I'm just hypothesizing here, is something that you can learn to do. A different angle is something you can get used to with practice. And that's also going to play into which positions work better for you, and that's going to require some experimentation. I don't have anyone to suggest that, yes, this would be an awesome position. I'm thinking 
depending on how her knees are and uh, if she rides you, that might be a good position because it's going to be above where your penis is and that's going to sit flat kind of on your pubic bone area. So if she rides you, that might work really well for her. Um, and then you guys are face to face. You've got eye contact, depending on uh, torso lengths, you might be able to do kissing and that kind of stuff. So that might work well. I don't know if it will, but it might. And I'm going to give you a link to an interview between Cam Frazier and Mish Middleton. Mish Middleton had his prostate removed and they had a long interview about how he found his masculinity again um, and learned to enjoy receiving uh, anal and learn to be multi-orgasmic. And I'm pretty sure somewhere in there it addresses putting a strap-on on and uh, having sex with his wife in that manner. If it doesn't, it's still excellent information from someone who has been there, done that in terms of prostate cancer and finding his way back to intimacy with his wife after the surgery. I think it would be excellent for you if that's something that interests you. So that's going to be in the show notes as well is the Cam Fraser Mish Middleton interview, which I have linked to before. Um, I don't know if I have enough information to do a workshop, but I do invite anybody who's been there, done that, like Mish Middleton, to write in and talk about that. And I can put all those together in a special podcast. Um, one of the things that I'm doing on my new platform, theartofpegging.com, is I'm doing a frequently asked question short um, audios. So it's, it's, I guess you could call it like mini podcasts, but the part of the reason I'm doing it is so that I have something to link to when somebody says how, oh, for example, the first one I did, this is the only one I've done so far, is how can I get my giver to be more dominant when they peg me, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I get asked that a long time and it's actually more of a complicated answer than you might think. So that is where I want to put these little mini um, audio clips that answer these questions. Then I'm going to make an index and hopefully it'll be really user-friendly and easy to find what you're looking for in the search field. So there you have it. Yeah, anybody write in who's had this experience and also when you write in, please talk about what harness you used. Maybe you've used something different because there are several harnesses out there that will work for this. Uh, one of the ones actually that I will also put a link to in the show notes is, uh, oh, I think it's some kind of Corey's, it's like the Corey leather something or other. And I actually recommend it for uh, wide diameter toys because it is made for actually a, um, a cock owner to wear exactly how I mentioned. It's just straps is all it is. It doesn't have any fabric like the spare parts Jacques, but it has straps and it's meant to be worn above the penis. And then uh, you can put any diameter toy in there you want because it's an interchangeable O-ring. And that type of construction will allow you to use really big toys. And I'm not suggesting you use really big toys, but the point is, the reason I thought of it is because it has a photo of a cock owner wearing it with the cock right there and to show you what that looks like and see if that might be something that you think might work for you. Uh, because again, I don't know what you have and that would have helped. So there you go. That is all the information I have for you, sir. And kudos to you for really making the effort to try and reestablish that intim intimacy for not having hangups about using a strap on good on you and for just exploring this to find out how to come closer together without the type of sexual um, interactions that you used to have. Yes, I really congratulate you on that. Good job. Okay, as I was editing this, I realized there were a couple more things that I wanted to share with you. One is how interesting I find it that you are seeking advice on how you're going to use the strap-on to pleasure your wife. As you can imagine, because I teach about pegging, usually it's the other way around. <laughs> and so there is that possibility. I have gotten questions before from couples who had a happy sex life with the pegging included, and then the receiver of the pegging had prostate cancer surgery like you did. 
and they were asking, you know, is it still pleasurable? Can we still do this? And all the research that I've done and the different people that I have talked to, the different receivers who have gone down that path, say that yes, it absolutely still is quite pleasurable. And it's a wonderful way to connect up intimacy-wise as well. So that's one thing. But the other thing that I thought of, again, as I was editing this, is I'm going to put a link to the article that I wrote called The Case for uh, Cock Owners Wearing a Strap-On, because it lists a whole bunch of different things. One of the things that we didn't talk about that you didn't mention and I didn't talk about in my answer to you is, you know, you have so much freedom when you strap something on. And what I mean by that is not only can you, you don't have to multitask and, and sure it's a disadvantage because you can't feel it, but you don't have to multitask. So you can put all of your attention on your partner, which can really be a whole eye-opening and amazing thing to experience for the first time because when you're using your cock you can't do that you're always multitasking and the other thing is is you can switch that toy out to anything your wife desires it can be curved it can be textured it can be larger it can be smaller it can vibrate there's so many choices so you know when I started thinking about that I got all excited and I wanted to make sure and put it in here before I post this podcast up so there you go there is the addendum at the end of my answer. Okay, good luck to you, sir. And as always, let us know how it goes, right? I always say that because I'm so curious as to how these things turn out. I read the letter and then sometimes I hear back, sometimes I don't. Okay, here's my next email. Hi, I'm Neil. I have never experienced sex before, but I know I should look for a girl who's dominant. I know I'm submissive, but I want to find a girl who's interested in pegging. I don't know how common these kinds of girls are. I've met a few of them, but I just want to know what kind of aspects of my personality I should expose to these kinds of girls. Do they like emotional men? I'm not the emotional type, but I'm also not afraid to show my vulnerable side. I'm very introverted. So does that play into any aspect that dominant women prefer? And again, this is Neil. So Neil, if you have never experienced sex before, even though you are fairly certain, it sounds like, that you lean submissive and that you really want to find a partner who's interested in pegging, I do suggest that you just do a little exploration of regular sex first. That's one of the things that I recommend. And I know that sometimes this can be more challenging than others, depending on what's available to you, depending on who you are as a person, depending on how shy or introverted you might be around potential partners. And if that's the case and you have the financial means, you can go see a professional because that is actually one of the things that professional sex workers are quite good at is introducing virgins to their first sexual experience. I mean, they want it to be really good for you. You want it to be really good for you. So you can at least know what that's like. And I guess part of the reason I suggest that is because To me, still, even after all these years of talking about pegging, trying to normalize it and all that, uh, I still think that it's kind of kinky and that maybe people should start off in the vanilla world first to get a little bit more of a foundation of intimacy. And maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe you can do it any way you want. You can absolutely start off doing pegging first thing. And it's not a problem at all. And I'm not sure if my instincts in this regard are accurate or maybe they're not accurate for you. But I would at least suggest that. And if it feels right, go for that. Now, as far as knowing what parts of your personality to expose so that dominant potential partners are attracted to you, I would really, really encourage you to just be yourself. It is not a good idea to try and put on different parts of yourself and act a certain way to attract a person if that, is, if that is not like you. And it didn't sound like you were necessarily implying that, but I just wanted to put that out there right away because you did say, um, let's see here, know what kind of aspects of my personality I should expose to these kinds of girls. So the thing is, is that we're not all the same. We are attracted to different things. I'm attracted to men who are very sure and um, in control of lots of parts of their lives 
and confident and then they turn into putty in my hands <laughs> and they allow me to take control. That's my jam, but that is not the jam of all dominance. And that's the thing. Some dominants really want someone to be submissive all the time. And maybe they like their partners to be emotional. Vulnerability, I think, is a good idea across the board because vulnerability is a precious thing to be able to allow yourself to feel and even more precious to um, to allow your partner to see you as vulnerable and to say things that are vulnerable. I think vulnerability is sexy as fucking hell. So I would encourage that absolutely. But there's no magic wand. We're not all the same. <laughs> okay. So um, there you have it. And as far as, you know, again, one more thing, introverted. Do we prefer that? Do we not? Some of us will, some of us won't, you know? There's no magic wand. Sorry. So Neil, um, have a good time. Whatever you do, be authentic, whatever you do. And eventually you will find the person who you are meant to be with, but try not to attract them by being anything other than who you are and being authentic. That would be my advice to you. Thank you so much for the email. And here is my last letter. Hey, Ruby, I've been listening to your podcast recently. I want to say they're great. <laughs> Keep it up. I'm a married man in my late 30s, and I've been interested in prostate play for well over a decade. I started exploring solo for many years until I learned that it was something worth pursuing with my partner. When I brought it up with her, she was not the most receptive. She wasn't negative, just nothing really. I explained why I like it, and even that it's healthy for the prostate in the long run. Well, after years of her knowing and no action from her in that department, I bought plugs, toys, strap-ons, the whole deal, but she just isn't really into it. Even to this day, it only happens if I make it happen. She will peg me, but it's a lot of work and she likes to complain, so she usually will bend me over and use her fingers. So as a frustrated prostate owner, I looked for a solution. I found and purchased the schematics to the funky rocker. <laughs> I am very familiar with that, yes. If you're not familiar, it's a seat that rocks and has a dildo that thrusts with each rock. I bought the parts and assembled it all myself. It was a satisfying project to complete. I showed my wife, and of course, she thought I was crazy. Well, I think it's been a great addition. I mostly use it solo but she's even given me a blowjob while I was riding it. And oh boy, was that a, a mind-blowing experience. I guess my point is that I was able to get the pegging experience while still being solo by making the funky rocker. I would have attached a photo, but it's not an option through this messaging portal. I have had the rocker for several years now. I keep it in our storage under the stairs and bring it out a couple of times a year. The rocker can use any dildo with a flared base, so it's really fun getting to try different sizes. It's really tamed the urges I had to get pegged without making my wife uncomfortable. But oh boy, you should see my wife in a strap-on. She looks like the true goddess she is. Thanks for the positive vibes and keep spreading the word so I can keep spreading my cheeks. <laughs> and this is Jay. So I'm going to try and find all the links for you that Jay mentioned. The Funky Rocker is, I think it got renamed after it was initially named the Monkey Rocker. But I do know that those plans are available online and they are free. Um, I don't know of any pre-made parts that you put together, any kits. So if that's available, I would absolutely like to link to that. Because the way that you mentioned it, you said, uh, I bought the parts and assembled it all myself. So you could mean that this wasn't like a kit to make it. You just bought all the wood and cut it and did all the stuff yourself, which is a big project. So good for you. But I have a rocker that is like that. Unfortunately, the maker of the rocker that I have, and I know exactly what you're talking about, there's a pretty intense gear ratio. So when you scoot forward, backwards and forwards, it almost feels like you're on, the sensation is like you're on a glider. It is very smooth. But that gear re ratio makes the toy go up and down inside you. The one that I have has adjustments for uh, how deep it goes and the angle which is amazing. It, it, it was called the shock rocker, but that guy went out of business. So it's not there anymore. And the only ones that I know of that are um, that, uh, how do I say, adjustable 
are the plans for the Monkey Rocker, which I believe is the Funky Rocker. I've got it got renamed. So I'm going to see if I can find the link to that. And let's see here. And you know, I might take a picture of mine and put it in the show notes as well. I'm pretty sure I have a picture of it that's posted up on my blog somewhere and I will find it. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention, because this has sort of been on my mind lately, there are a lot of receivers out there that are like you, where their partners uh, just are really not interested in doing it. And so they are left to their own devices because at a certain point, the no means no, absolutely. And you don't want to try and coerce and manipulate and cajole and all those things. And they really want that sensation of getting fucked. So your choices are that rocker. Uh, There are also his Smith fucking machines. And I'll put the link to that in my show notes as well. And then something that's not nearly as expensive as either of those options or requiring any work, really, (laughs) as far as putting together the funky rocker, are toys that thrust. So there are three toys that thrust that I know of, or is that two or three? Two. And one is called the Velvet Teddy. It comes in three different sizes and kind of types. It has a small one, an extra large, and then one that has kind of a hook on the end that is for G or P spot type of stimulation, tar- more targeted stimulation. It is a very powerful thrusting dildo. It has a suction cup base and it's got a pretty good thrust. It's like, I think it's two and a half inches. So I'll definitely put the link to those in the show notes as well. But be forewarned, these velvet teddies are loud, okay? <laughs> They're loud. And I'm not talking so loud that, you know, the neighbors are going to hear it, but it is not something that if you're using it in the next room, somebody's not going to hear. So keep that in mind, please. A quieter option uh, is, I think it's called Naked Addiction, is the company, it's called The Freak. <laughs> I made this fabulous gif that I will put a link to in the show notes. It thrusts, it rotates, and it vibrates. I kid you not. And it's got a remote. This motor is not as powerful as the Velvet uh, Teddies, which means that sometimes you get really excited, you clench down your muscles, it'll kind of make it grind and it'll you can bring it to a halt if you really try. So probably not real good for the toy. Take that into consideration, but much quieter. So there you go. I think those are the two best fucking type of dildos that can give you a sensation of being fucked that you don't have to, you don't have to do much of the work because, you know, the sensation of being taken and actually being fucked and just receiving is part of what the receivers seek who cannot get that from their partner. And I know that. So I'll put the links to all that stuff in the show notes. And I wish you a lot of fun times on that funky rocker. And you're exactly right. It's you can put whatever dildo you want on there that has this flared base. It's really fun. And you know what? She can use it too. Just an idea, you know, just an idea. (laughs) Somebody did a review of the monkey rocker a long time ago. And it was in the podcast that is pretty old by now called Sex is Fun. And they said, you know, if there is a vagina owner, this is not how they phrased it back then, but there's a vagina owner out uh, out there that wants to try and train themselves to orgasm through penetration, this would be the toy. This would be the rocker, right? And he thought it was an absolutely amazing toy. And it's silent, okay? Yeah, those rockers are silent. They do have a knockoff on Amazon that they're selling. I cannot vouch for that. It doesn't have the adjustment capabilities, but, you know, it's something you might want to try. So there you go. So a couple of corrections before I post this up, because I noticed as I was editing it, I made a couple of mistakes. One is that interview between Cam Frazier is with Mish Middleman, M-I-D-D-E-L-M-A-N-N. That is the correction. His name is not Middleton, it's Middleman. And the other correction is the plants for the Funky Rocker are now free. They're $9.99. And I was kind of blown away because I found the website. And guess what's there? Not only the plans for the Funky Rocker, there's plans for an upgrade that allows you to use that Funky Rocker for DP. <laughs> Click the link, go explore it. Okay, those are my corrections. 
That is it, people. That is the end of the podcast here. Even though I have a bunch more letters that I'm going to record another podcast very soon, I promise. <laughs> um, Pegging Paradise is where you can find my blog, my podcast, and my erotica. Pegging 101 offers informational pegging articles with no kink attached. And theartofpegging.com is where you can sign up to be a patron, where you can find uh, all of my TikTok videos I have copied over there because who knows how long TikTok's going to be around, right? And there is a collection of free erotica there as well. And every single podcast I've ever done is posted there in case you can't find it on your podcast downloader app. Uh, the follow tab is links for you to subscribe to my blog, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, FetLife, Reddit, and TikTok. When you order exciting new toys from Entice Me or His Smith or SheVibe or... Um, what are some of the other ones? Giddy, the prostate massagers. I have some affiliate relationships out there that I I have for all of those companies. Mr. Hankies as well. But when you order exciting new toys from Entice Me, remember to use the coupon code RIDER for free shipping. You can send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. And one very last thing I want to mention before I totally sign off here is that if you would like to schedule a private consultation with me or an equipment consultation with me, because I offer free equipment phone consultations for people who want to shop at Entice Me, or you could be shopping at SheVibe if you want to, anywhere I have an affiliate relationship, uh, I have that available to schedule through Calendly now. So there are links of scheduling a consultation. I believe it's under Learn. No, let me take a look on that really quickly so I can give you accurate information. Yes, it's the drop-down menu, or it's in the hamburger menu if you're on your phone, and it's under Learn. So if you click that one, you'll see private consultations. When you explore private consultations and read about it, it will give you the link to schedule that through Calendly. What does that mean? That means that you can right then and there see the days and times that I am available and you can schedule it. Boom, just like that. So my consultations, my private consultations, the regular ones, you need to pay ahead of time and the prices are there, but the equipment phone consultation is free. So I'm trusting you all, if you schedule it, make sure you keep that appointment, please. <laughs> Uh, I, I decided not to require any deposit because that's the whole point is that you get to do it for free. I help you figure out what you need if you have some special things that you want to talk about and questions that uh, would benefit from a one-on-one -on -one consultation with me. And then you would be so kind as to shop at my affiliate places. So there you go. The links will take you to the scheduling right there. So we don't have to do any email back and forth, which is totally cool. It saves a lot of time and it magically appears on my calendar. Imagine that. Okay, so send your questions to ruby at peggingparadise.com. No question is too simple, too silly, or too sexy. My listeners are going to learn along with you, so please don't hesitate. Throw those questions in my mailbox. But you can also record your question on the voice app of your phone and send that um, file to me. That's the name of it. <laughs> Thank you all for downloading and listening so much. You rock. Happy pegging and no shame. <laughs>